and cue music. I don't know how many of you have heard, but there's a flesh-eating virus going around. Yeah, it's called music. Well, welcome back to a bonus episode of A-Sides. I'm Andy, here with Brent. Yes, sir. Alive and well. And last night, uh, there was a pretty cool show here at the new, uh, I guess you could say christened the new uh, Cruisins with a Damon Johnson performance. Yes, yeah. New club opened up in Peoria. Kind of. We'll call it Peoria, so it sounds cooler. Uh, <laughs> pretty cool club. It was really cool. It was a really... Uh, they did shit right, man. Like they were trying to, uh, they were trying to put a big concert vibe in a pretty small club, and I think it turned out really well. Yeah, it and, looked pretty slick. And you then, know, like, what better uh, performer to have in there than Damon Johnson from Brother Kane fame? Alice Cooper's guitar player for a little while. Yeah, he even said John Waite too. John Waite. Uh, Black Star Riders. I mean, the guys, you know, done a lot and uh, just recently put out uh, his first proper solo record. Memoirs of an Uprising. Yep. Yes, sir. So anyhow, we uh, had the luxury of sitting down with Damon and getting a little interview with him. So, so that is the purpose of this bonus episode. So enjoy listening. Uh, I will say that it did kind of... We started talking, so and it came so naturally that there wasn't really an official, hey, we're going to start the interview. So it will kind of just, uh, the recording will just kind of come in and kind of be in the middle of a conversation. But it was a really, uh, it was a really cool conversation with yeah. him. So very down to earth guy and easy to talk to. So I think that's why it just kind of started organically rather than officially. So enjoy. This is the good stuff, actually. This yeah, I was going to say. This is, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I'll never deny that that girls and, you know, the attention was not some of a, somewhat of a motivator. But I do think it's been a bonus that I don't mind traveling. Like, I enjoy that. Not everybody is cut out for that. You know I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I particularly don't like driving. I don't mind traveling. I just don't like being one stuck driving. You know? Right. So, <laughs> I like to pin that on somebody else. Andy knows that. Well, the guys are good. You know, <laughs> if the trip is long, then by all means, you know, we'll split it up. Right. We did. Uh, we did those five shows with Clutch at the oh, end of the year, which was incredible. The only challenge was we did three thousand miles in six days. We had to we had to drive from Memphis to Washington D.C. That was thirteen and a half hours. <laughs> it was brutal. Like Memphis on Friday, D.C. on Saturday. Yeah, I saw you were coming back. Like Ohio was that? Like after that? Or? Uh, it was actually Ohio, Memphis, okay. D.C., New Jersey, Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit of driving. Yeah. We got our driving. <laughs> in, if there was any need to drive, that drive has been fulfilled. <laughs> right. 
any thoughts on the show? Anything you want to say about that? Man, it was so great. Yeah, I mean. It was so great. Um, I was really impressed with all the people that braved the weather, man, because everybody was acting kind of, you know, like they were pissing out. Yeah, I think think we'd probably, there would certainly have been a few more people had the weather been better, but so many of my fans, you know, I recognize a lot of faces, you know, they people right. that have been to see me before. So, you know, it was just it was good, man. The energy was good from from all of them, and um, Peoria is a special place for me. Um, I can't really name two other cities in the entire country that we got more radio airplay in Brother Kane than oh, we right. did here in Peoria. Yeah. Um, I would I would venture to guess we had to be their number one most played band. I mean, if there was somebody they played more, then it would have been Metallica or, you know, maybe Pearl Jam, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, uh, so I just know there's a familiarity with my music, with my voice, with my songs. And I think I've kind of had this... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? I've just had this idea in my head that, oh, Peoria's a place I should play the rest of my life because there's people up there that, that know my music. And it just hasn't worked out like that, you know, because after Brother Kane, I, for a long time, man, I was, I enjoyed being a sideman and not being the guy up front. Um, and I didn't miss being up front at all. It was great, man, playing with John Wade, playing with Alice Cooper. You're not under any pressure, you know. And I'll never deny that I, you know, that was enjoyable. But um, I just always felt like, well, man, if I did a solo thing full time, where the hell could I go play? Peoria was always, you know, that was one of the towns that I would write on that that list. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah, because you are here pretty regularly, too. Like, whether you're doing your acoustic stuff <clears throat> or you were here last year for the Tall Boys. Yeah, you know, um, I think of my friend Ben Owen, who you know. Did you meet Ben last, last night? Year, yeah, yeah, Ben's awesome, man. You know, Ben and I met. He was just a fan. He and his dad used to come see Alice Cooper. And uh, he started, uh, he asked me for almost two years if I would come and play acoustic, do a solo acoustic thing. And finally came together. Long story short, man, we just became really close and he's very practical. You know, like if if I say, yeah, let's do this, what what is it? Like, how many shows is it? And what is it? What's the pay gonna be? What What is the travel? Man, he's like a born tour manager. Like, just easy, yeah. easy. So I think to your point, Andy, you know, all, playing all this acoustic stuff in Illinois over the last 10, 12 years, that with the times I would come through with Alice, now that I'm coming through with my own band, I think, you know, there's a little bit of a familiarity enough for people to go, oh, Damon's playing electric. Oh, he's going to do an acoustic thing. Um, grateful for those fans, man. Because, look, you don't need, you don't have to have 50,000 fans. You don't need a 1,000. There were a hundred people in there last night, rocking out. It was great. It was great. I was thrilled. I was thrilled. You know, I don't. 
I don't measure, I don't know if I ever did, but I certainly don't anymore. I don't measure success by how many tickets did we sell. Obviously that's a part of it, you know, because it is a business and you want the promoter to feel like it was a success. You want the buyer to feel like it was a success. But I'm just finding, man, if you work hard, all that stuff works itself out. It just works itself out. Yeah, it seems kind of like it. It did because you had Rock 106 in the 90s playing your music, and then Ben's from Illinois, right? He's right. just up north a little bit, so it kind of worked out that you already had this guy that was kind of bringing you back. Yeah, I know Ben's dad. Uh, he was certainly familiar with Brother Kane, and you know, we just we just kind of lived up here in the 90s in yeah. this area. You know, Chicago, there's a presence, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, over to Detroit. So. This year has been great, man, because I've been able to play all those places. Like, we're going out, we're going to support UFO in February, the British band. And uh, we're playing Milwaukee, Chicago, Joliet, Cleveland. And, you know, the shows are all, you know, big rooms. And UFO's kind of, this is kind of, they're getting ready to retire, so... Their fans are like, well, let's go see him one more time. And, and oh, that guy Damon Johnson is opening. Yeah, this would be good. So, yeah, so you put out that uh, album last year, uh, and that was like your first big like solo. First proper solo. You know, I'm proud of those two acoustic records I did and my EP. Um, but no, that was a focused ten brand new songs. I wasn't like just going in with some old songs I had sitting around. It was all new stuff. And uh, it was a game changer for me. Like internally, spiritually, as a writer, as, a, as an artist, you know. I don't even know that I really felt like an artist, even in Brother Kane. You know, there was just so much the radio and the band and the record label and it was just a blur, man, you know? It was all a blur. So now I feel more like, I just feel like I'm charting my own course. I feel very kind of peaceful about what I want to do and where I'm going. And it's hard work. I'm gonna say that a lot over the course of this. There's no denying that it's hard work, but it's very simple always complicated now everything's very simple so you know it's 2020 man I need another record soon so guess what I've already written eight songs I got eight other ideas that are going to get developed and you know before you know it man I'll be ready to go back in and yeah and so I really pay attention to other singer guitar player guys in all kinds of genres. If it's Warren Haynes, if it's Joe Bonamassa, if it's Richie Kotzen. You know, there's not a lot of us that are, you know, the guitar is our main instrument and really kind of a feature, but we also sing and write songs. There's not a lot of those guys. So I look up to all those cats as kind of role models. and. Um, I think it's going to be a busy year. You know, it's already off to a good start. And, you know, I just got to take, there's a lot of things I have to do. There's more, there's definitely more administration. You know, I'm on the, I have to be on the computer a lot and the phone and, 
you know, it's all for it's all for a righteous cause, man. No, no problem. I got I got no problem doing that. That's it, man. Listen, it's the only goal. You know, my kids are getting older, and you know, it's all that's all I say to them. Just all you got to do is find something you love. Doesn't matter what it pays. If you love it, then it's all you're already a success. You know, it's a great thing. It's a great yeah. thing to hear a father tell a child because not everybody hears that growing up. You know what I mean? So yeah, man. I was lucky. My parents they were super, super hard working but they were supportive of the music thing because they could tell, like, wow, he loves this and he's pretty damn good at it. You know, that was a big moment, you know, when my dad came to see my little shitty band play somewhere, and, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I was, like, stepping up, and he's like, damn, son, all right. That's <laughs> great. Yeah, I uh, saw recently, too, here grandpa now right I am a grandpa thank you it's uh yeah, thank you it's been a it's changed all of our lives man it's just been the most incredible thing that little baby has brought our entire blended family together even more um you know it's pretty wild to see my wife my ex-wife and all all five of my kids in a room together, you know, and everybody just like looking at this tiny little thing. <laughs> right. It's a big deal, man. It's uh, we're so happy, and you know, we're proud of my daughter Heather, the new mom. You know, it's it's. I think that's what I love the most is just getting to watch her be a mom. Because I remember every minute of when she was that size, and. Uh, you know, I love I love my kids, man. You know, I've, I've had kids my whole adult life. Yeah. I mean, she was born when I was 22, so. Right. I feel you on that one, man. Yeah, man. Same way. Yeah, right man. Out of high school, so yeah. Me, so yeah. Yeah, babies having but, babies. Yeah, I'm a grandpa too. So. Oh, great, man! Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Well, man. then you know, you know what it what it feels like. Yeah, I was young. My daughter got started young. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, yeah, it's cool. They're great, man. So. Yeah. Fantastic. Definitely. Yeah, well, thanks for asking about that. Yeah, you know, um, I don't know how personal you want to get the interview, but <laughs> we were talking dude, about I'm, family and stuff. Bro, I'm an open uh, book, dude. There's, I, uh, there's nothing I'm afraid to talk about. Good question. Yeah, you had something we were talking about on the way here about. Uh, uh, so, uh, you were here at the tailgate and uh, Tallboy show, and yeah. I asked you this like before the show, but I thought I would bring it up again, maybe uh, on your uh, recent album. Uh, you thanked uh, for inspiration. It was Nick Cave, Beyonce, Clutch, and then uh, Jason Isbell. And That's I right. That was kind of like an eclectic mix, but it was kind of cool that you, you drew inspiration from all Thank you for things. noticing that, Andy, and I do remember us talking about that. I've always listened to multiple genres of music, even as a kid. And I think it might really be the secret sauce that's in whatever it is that I've been able to do in my career. You know, I think if I had just stayed with metal or if I'd have just stayed with Southern Rock, I don't know that... I certainly wouldn't be, have the vocabulary of songs that I have. I wouldn't have had the experiences I've had. Maybe I'd be a bigger success because I'm kind of laser-locked into one thing. But 
That's another thing that I'm grateful to my fans for is I think they expect that diversity. They know that at any minute I could just break out the acoustic guitar. I could have done it last night and played a James Taylor cover. And I would have enjoyed that every bit as much as I enjoyed playing Shivering Shivering or Breadmaker. So um, those four artists that I named in particular absolutely inspired that record. They were, they were just kind of like benchmarks. I would, I remember uh, listening to those, those two Jason Isbell records, Southeastern and uh, Something More Than Free. And, and that guy, the bar is just so high with his writing. I don't know that there's another guy on his level another artist on his level making music right now, writing songs of that caliber. It's otherworldly stuff, man. And, you know, not, not in a way where like, I gotta write something that good. No, it's just, wow, man, that song, that lyric in the second verse of that song wrecks me. Like the first time you hear Elephant, it just feels like somebody just gutted you <laughs> when you're done with it. Like. It's just inspiring, you know. And Jason's from, he's from Alabama. And, you know, Jason, I'm sure he was at a couple of those Brother Kane shows in Florence or Muscle Shoals back in the day when he was a kid. And, um, and I got a chance to run into Jason uh, a couple years ago, right before I put my record out. And it was great for me, man, because I was able to, you know, first tell him, congratulations. I even told him, I said, bro, I'm proud of you, man. You know, kid from around here that's been through all the things you've been through and you're achieving this stuff. And But I thanked him. I said, dude, thank you for putting a boot up an old man's ass to like, hey, dude, I need to step up my game. Right. And I seriously feel like I did. You know, Memoirs of an Uprising, I feel like I stepped up my game. It needed it, and it's the, I just feel like it's the perfect launch pad for what I'm doing now and where I'm going. And, uh, you know, six, eight months ago, if you'd have said, hey, man, you got to come up with some songs better than Shivering and Dallas could have been a beat down and the world keeps spinning around, I would have been like, wow, fuck, that's going to be tough. <laughs> well, it's happening. Oh, man. It's yeah, happening. Yeah, right. You know, it's happening. There's, like, this, this the new stuff, man, I'm... Just, I'm excited about it. And, you know, and you, now you know that you've got a good band with you. You know that there's an audience paying attention. You know, I have a presence now on the digital platforms that I didn't have really before that. So it just feels good, man. You know, and, and again, those artists are we're all kind of, they're all chameleons. They go through different phases. Beyonce, man, she's the queen. She's the queen. Yeah, because you said that, that, like, I remember when I asked you, you said that her album was just really, like, raw, and she, like, laid it out there. And I listened to it that night. After I Lemonade, yeah. yeah. What a piece of art, man. What a... I just remember listening to it, because my wife heard it first, and she's like, oh, my God, you have to hear this. And I was just shocked that she would lay it out there like that. Like, damn. Like, well, if the biggest pop star on the planet can be that honest, then why can't we? What's holding us back from just telling it straight? Huge inspiration. 
if I ever get to meet her, man, I'll have lots to talk to her about. <laughs> I read a, I read a thing where uh, one of the uh, actors on Saturday Night Live found themselves at some event and Beyonce and Jay-Z were at the table and she was talking about just like crumbling, just so like, <gasps> oh, yeah, I saw that. and had a chance yeah. to talk to her and like said something stupid and Man, I wouldn't say anything stupid. I would, I'm telling you, she would be like, what? You listen to that record that close? I'm like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> it would be great. It would be great. I just think that's kind of cool, though, too, because uh, usually, like, if you're looking at somebody's album credits, they don't, like, thank anybody else like that. So I yeah. kind of feel like it was just kind of cool that... Oh, like somebody I listen to is somebody that you're listening to. So you're like a big rock star, but you're still getting inspiration from... Well, I'm not a big rock star. I'm just a dude that's been doing yeah. it a long time that, that you're aware of, yeah. you know. But I appreciate what you're saying, and, yeah. I, and I agree, man. I love it when, you know, my favorite artist or... Um, and I read a thing... I'm a big David Bowie fan. He almost got a credit on the record, too, and I just thought that was too obvious to go, thank you, David Bowie. Everybody thanks Bowie, because they should. He's, you know. But I read where uh, one of my favorite Bowie songs is that song, Starman. I did cover it, yeah. And there's a little chord change when he goes from the verse into the chorus. Where he goes, da 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 there's a star, man, right? He said in an interview, he goes, man, I was just ripping off Wichita Lineman by Glenn Campbell. I would have never put that together. You know how Wichita Lineman, are you familiar with that song? Because it goes, you know, the Wichita lineman is still on the line. When he goes up to that, the orchestra goes da 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 Come on, yeah. come on, man. And to me, that's what's, that's what's so fun about where I'm at right now. Songwriting used to be intimidating. It used to be a chore. I would almost dread it. I remember like between the second and third Brother Kane records, oh shit, we gotta write another record. What am I gonna do? This is, you know, I don't feel that way anymore, man. And that's a great feeling. I'm grateful to feel like that. Um, credit to my collaborator Jim Troglin, Johnny Blade. We've been friends a long time, and you know he can send me anything, and I'll find something in it and be like, "Oh yeah, let me do this." And um, it's a cool thing about having Spotify on your computer. Like the one that I work on at home is just a laptop, so I got a bass here and a guitar here, and here's my little keyboard that I do the drums on. And, I'll get stuck on something, man, and instead of getting frustrated, I'll go to spot to my Spotify and just hit shuffle, and whatever pops up, I'll listen to it and be like, what can I lift from that, you know? Like, what, what what's happening right here that I could use at this moment? And, uh, you know, it could be a turn of a phrase or just 
a chord progression or a melody. I got stuck on a melody the other day, and I put on Let's Dance by David Bowie. You know, the horn part. I was like, that's what I need right there. So I think I literally, you know, put down a vocal that was the same phrasing as that horn part. Who's gonna Who's gonna connect those dots? Right. Nobody. Yeah. Everybody. Knows. Everybody yeah. yeah. Everyone But you know what I mean. It's like so when I play that song live, I'm gonna be so happy and so proud of it, and so right. I'll be thinking about Bowie. I'll be like, thank you, Bowie, once again. Right. You know. If you don't do it intentionally like that. You're gonna do it subconsciously and not even realize. Of course. It. Probably anyhow, because that's of what course. people do is they draw from all their inspiration and stuff. Yeah, man. I was actually listening to a record yesterday, Silver Ginger Five. Oh, I know, man. Wildheart record. Yeah, yeah. man. It's funny because, man, when that came out, I just cranked the shit out of it so many times. It's one of those I pull out every once in a while and still love. And yesterday I was listening to it, <clears throat> and there was a song that came on, and I just went. Oh shit! Like I totally realized that I've written you lifted from that. <laughs> Man, Ginger's so talented, uh, and he's a guy that kind of tapped into the to what we're talking about. He's tapped into that a long time ago. Right. A lot of credit goes to my good friend Ricky Warwick. You know, being in the Black Star Riders with Ricky and writing songs together, and you getting to see him and his method and how he works. Man, it was really. Uh, inspiring, educational, you know, I was very, uh, I was, I, w I was very open with sharing that last year over the course of the interviews I did for the new record, you know, talking about Ricky and I'm grateful to him and grateful for that experience, being a part of that band. And, um, Cause look, that's what you hope, man, is that any musical experience you have, you take, you learn from and you take that into the next thing that you're doing. And that was certainly the case with that. Yeah, I was going to ask what was kind of inspiring um, your next album, but I didn't. Yeah, man. Kind of in there. Well, you know, I mean, I just feel like I'm at a really, I'm grateful to be at a good place in my life. You know, just everything that's happening with the family. You know, my being a grandfather, having a having a daughter that has her own child now. I mean, dude, there's so much content just in that. It doesn't have to be some sappy, you know, it doesn't have to be some sappy, ballady thing, man. That can, that can inspire a heavy riff, man. And uh, it's, it's funny, uh, there's a new song, there's a new song that Jim and I wrote, and it's called Let the Healing Begin. And if I saw that title on somebody's record, I would instantly go, wow, I bet that's like a inspirational kind of a foreigner I want to know what love is kind of like man this is going to be Power powerful right. but it's this badass riff and the drums are just you know I love that I lo yeah well yeah I mean I had the riff and kind of the arrangement put together and it, it needed to land someplace spectacular and I called Jim and I said, hey man, here's, here's, here's all the, the verse in the chorus, and right here at the end of the chorus, we gotta hit a home run, it's gotta be something big. He goes, well let me send you this email, man, I wrote a bunch of gibberish, and it was gibberish, it was like 15, 20 lines of stuff. 
So while we're all talking on the phone, I'm literally like this, and I'm looking, and I'm like, oh, let the healing begin. What is that? And he's like, well, you know, I was just thinking about, like, outlaws in the Wild West, and I'm like, I love it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. It's cool to hear all that works now. It's a lot of fun, man. You just got to put in the time. That's the other big difference, man. If I was talking to any aspiring songwriter right now, you have to make the time. You have to just turn off the phone, get off the internet. If you're married with kids, you gotta tell the wife and kids, hey guys, I need a couple of hours, please. And that was always hard for me, man. I'd way rather be hanging out with my kids than sitting in a room with a guitar and a blank piece of paper. But now I love that blank piece of paper because I know the fulfillment of how great you're gonna, the rest of your day is gonna be when I can run up the stairs and go, hey, Linda, check this out. This is badass. What do you think? She's like, oh, that's great, sweetheart. You know, yeah. <laughs> she can't really measure it until it's a, like a, a demo right. or, yeah. or whatever. But I love it, man. Yeah, I was like hearing other songwriters and stuff, you know, draw from how they do it. You just gotta carve out the time, man. You gotta be, it's the, it's the, it's, it's the biggest challenge for all of us, that discipline of just being content to be in silence, man, and be with your own thoughts. And, um, when you hear people say, like, the only way to write and the only way to get better is to just keep doing it, just write all the time. Yeah, man. Be writing. Yeah, man. So that's the exciting thing about where the music business is now. There's a lot of doom and gloom out there about rock and the state of rock and... I don't care. Uh, it doesn't even matter. I don't even think about that. All that matters is coming up with something that I get excited about. That's all that matters. And I know that if I'm excited about it, chances are very good that my little pocket of fans, they're going to get excited about it too. That's awesome to hear, man. Really. A thousand true fans, man. That's all you need. If you have 1,000 true fans, you can work and make music the rest of your life. I have 1,000 true fans. I literally do not have 10,000 Damon Johnson fans out there in the world. But I have 1,000. Awesome. Let's go, dude. I'm, let's rock with that. That's, well, that's, that's awesome great. To hear you say, like, hey, yeah. No, man. Hey, every once in a while you get booked on a festival, and there's a big crowd. It's great, man, but you can't leave the stage going, all right, we got to do this. Every gig needs to be this. It's never going to be that, ever, you know. That was what was inspiring, too, about Black Star Riders. We would play some big shows, but we would play some really, really small shows, just like the one I played last night. And, I'm, you know, I would be on stage and having fun being with the guys and playing those songs, but I started thinking, well, hang on. Fuck, I could play to this many people in Peoria right now doing my own thing and not be over here away from my family for six or seven weeks doing a run and paying for a big bus and paying for a road crew and having all this overhead that just makes it unsustainable. It's just not sustainable, man, to roll like that. It wasn't for me. So, you know, that was a big 
jumping off point for me. Especially missing out. Um, you'd be missing out on your grandchild, too, because you'd have been out. I was here, dude. For I was here. Yeah. I was home for a lot of great stuff last year that had I still been in Black Star Riders, I would not have been home for. That's not a, that's not a criticism of those guys. It's just the reality of being in a band and having a bigger infrastructure and conference calls and email chains and fuck that dude I do not miss that I miss the guys I miss those songs I don't miss all that other bullshit man I do not fucking miss it I'm so happy to be just doing my own thing Thanks for talking to us. Today. Guys, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, I do have to hit the road. Thanks, man. This was fun. Good luck with everything you're doing, man. Pass it on to Ben and when it's ready to rock and we'll put it on the socials and Yeah, because what's get it cool on. is uh, you actually inspired this podcast too, because just from talking to you that day and a few days prior I had talked to Tommy Hendrickson from Alice Cooper's band. Love Tommy. And uh, I was at some meet and greet. And he was telling some kind of behind the scenes about the Hollywood Vampires album. And I'm like, man, this is so cool. I'm talking to Dean and talking to Tommy. I kind of want to find out what's kind of in these guys. See, I ain't even see, but you're a, you're a source of light yourself, man. You're a fan. You're a fan of the music. We're, that unifies us, man. We're all just fans of yeah. music. So for you to be motivated enough to be like, hey, because it's fulfilling for you, man. I see it in your face. I hear it in your voice. I hear it in your questions, dude. That's fantastic. Just think of what you got in ahead of you, man. The other people you're going to be able to talk to. This is good. This is good. This, you know, I'll, I'll spread the word as best I can to those thousand true fans, man. You got to get like Paul Stanley or somebody like that. Now, Paul's got he's got a big fan base right there. <laughs> See how that works out. Hey, here, hey, kiss is coming here next month. Yeah. Hmm. Well, anything can happen, bro. Anything can happen. All right. So that was a little interview with Damon Johnson. Big thank you to him for sitting down with us. Uh, it was definitely a great talk. I really enjoyed it. I know Andy did. I think you enjoyed it, too. I saw a little twinkle in your eye when he said Richie Kotzen. You're like, yeah. I did. I was like, fuck, yeah, I love Richie Kotzen, too. So, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, man. It's For me, it was, you know, from an aspiring songwriter's perspective, I feel like he said a lot with only saying a few things. He said a lot that kind of inspired me and made me, you know, to see a guy that just... You know, the things he said about just appreciating, you know, what he has, the thousand fans he has versus, you know, not needing the 10,000 fans, right? Yeah. I mean, that was a pretty, that was a pretty inspiring thing to hear, you know, for me. So, because we all, all of us small time aspiring songwriters, we tend to, you know, we have our moments where we're kind of getting pissy, wanting to know why the world doesn't fucking love us more. Well, at least me. (laughs) (laughs) At least that's me. Why doesn't anybody love me? That's exaggerated a little bit. But seriously, he, I felt like he said, you know, 
a lot in a short period of time from that perspective. And I know you being, you know, a big fan of his work, um, yeah. you know. I kind of felt like, yeah, we both kind of had, like, different sides of that. You kind of related on the songwriting's perspective, and I was able to kind of talk on the, the fan uh, kind of perspective. So we kind of got both sides of it. Right, yeah. No, I felt like it was a good, solid, personal, you know, I mean, he's just, like he says in the interview, he's an open book, and that's great. That's not, you know, to, to get to interview somebody and not have to actually interview them, just have a, set up a microphone and have a conversation. So that's, you know, like I, I said in the introduction, that's kind of why it uh, kind of just organically happened. Uh, we just sat down and started talking, and it was kind of like, oh, fuck, I need to hit record. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks Damon, uh, thanks Ben Owen, and thanks uh, to everybody for listening. Absolutely. We will be back. <laughs>